Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. You have your two most beautiful hosts in the entire world. My name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey, and it is a beautiful day for a podcast together in person in the same room. I can literally look at you. We're looking at each. We 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 do look at each other. There's just normally screens and several thousand miles. But I can look at you. Yes, we're looking right at each other. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, the honestly, amount of eye contact is uncomfortable happening right now. We're gonna stare into. Each, we're not even gonna look at our. You, your notes memorized. I, I won't even notes. blink. <laughs> <laughs> I lost. I lost already. We watched uh, the episode together, and yes. uh, we always are excited to do that. And then it always proves to be very difficult because yes. we immediately want to discuss a lot of things, and we cannot. Yes, there were a couple of times where I started to because we we split it up into two sessions because, because babies because babies, <laughs> and uh, at one point. Like it was literally 12 midnight and we were finishing up the last like 15 minutes of the episode. And then the episode ended and I was like, can we just talk about it now? And Kelsey was like, no, literally it saved the content. Carmen goes, but I have feelings. There are things that must be discussed now. And we didn't. So we waited a whole other day and now it's a second day. And here we are. Here we are to record about Grace. Uh, and also shameless plug. If you're listening to this. There is official Patreon content, so look in the description of this video for, or this episode, uh, for the link. So if you go to uh, the description, you can just copy and paste uh, that that web link. We'll have that posted, so you go directly to Patreon. If you want to support us, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, it gives us uh, just the extra resources to try to find things to do f- to, to make more content for you guys. Um, we're thinking the first couple of ones that we put out is going to be... Uh, uh, you maybe like a get to know us or there's a couple of things happening in life. And, and Kelsey has a couple of other really great ideas as well. Uh, Cause she's really the brains behind this whole thing. So um, yeah, let's uh, anything else you want to add onto that. Do you want to share our, our socials and all that stuff too? While, yeah. Before we jump um, in? If you could follow us on Instagram at Gray's Academy pod, that's where we post um, updates and things like that on if any, there's any changes or any fun things. And we should be linking the Patreon in um, the bio there as well. And you can also email us at grazeacademypod at gmail.com. Anything, uh, any, if there's content you want to hear on Patreon that doesn't make it into the episodes, feel free to reach out and we will just make it right on up for you because now we can do that. Um, so feel free to reach out about any of that stuff. We super appreciate it. And now we can talk about an episode. Yes, we can. Also, the the big thing that's going to be different between the episodes and the Patreon is feel free to fact check us and call us out on this, on these episodes. Do not fact check us on our bullshit on the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, because that's we're gonna why be, it exists. <laughs> it's going to be just a lot of fun dicking around. So mm, yep. um, still let us know what we get right and what we get wrong. But just just so you know, we won't care if we get it wrong on Patreon we're not going to purposely it's get it wrong. It's not possible for us to be wrong on Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Subscri- subscribed content is it. That means we're correct. Um, just kidding. So yeah, let's 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 jump right in. Gray's season three, episode three. Nope. I think. Nope. Episode eight. Sorry. It's close. Season three, episode <laughs> just eight. Cut that eight and a half. Down, but down <laughs> the middle. Yeah. Um, okay. So yes, the eighth episode of the third season, episode forty-four overall. And it is called Staring at the Sun. And wow. This song sucks. <laughs> yeah, it was, we did not enjoy it. So Staring at the Sun, 
Uh, it's by the band TV on the Radio. Not to be confused with, apparently there's a Post Malone song called Staring at the Sun. Uh, yeah, when that's I was, not this. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not this. Post Malone wasn't even around at the time of this back in 2007? Six. Six? We're still in 2006. We're getting close to the end of 2006. My gosh. Uh, anyways, so uh, Staring at the Sun was released in 2004. Uh, it was the debut single of an indie rock band from America. TV on the radio, like I said. Um, the CD that it was the single on was actually a uh, a self-titled CD. So the title of the CD was TV on the radio. And uh, the official release date was June 25th, 2004. Now, this song, which, here's the thing. This song sucks. It is not good. And that is one man's humble opinion, as well as Kelsey's opinion. I also agreed. <laughs> Carmen was listening to it in the living room and I was in the kitchen and I could hear it. And I was like, this would be a good song if they had stopped adding shit behind it. Like, I mean, I wasn't listening to the lyrics, but like the, the melody seemed good, but it also seemed they just like had a synthesizer and they were just adding every possible background noise and sound they could to it. And I did not enjoy, it was not a good time. Yeah, it was, it was just a lot. Now I will say, um, Interestingly enough, it was ranked as number 41 on Pitchfork Media's top 500 songs, the 2000s. Now, Pitchfork Media, <laughs> just to put that into context, it's a... Media giant. Pitchfork yeah. Media. <laughs> um, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's an it's a indie rock coverage uh, a publication that's been around for like 27 plus years and whatever fine they have some credibility but yeah number 41 seems a bit high for indie songs i'm gonna have to go back and look at to see what what number one was but uh i digress now talking about the lyrics here i was actually because i i did force myself to listen to this before we did the episode and uh one of the lines in the song was beat the skins and let the loose lips kiss you clean quietly pour out like light like light, like answering the sun. Hmm. Oddly sexual, <laughs> but it's just, I don't understand. You're pouring out, like answering the sun. Pour one out for yeah. the sun. For the sun. Uh, for your homeboys and the, the sun. R.I.P. the sun. But uh, yeah, when I, saw, when I saw the lyrics, beat the skins and let the loose lips kiss you clean, I was like, okay, this is sexual. <laughs> I assume that someone was just going to have sex with Mark in this episode. Uh, because it's it's... Oddly, a sexual lyric, and Mark is just an oddly sexual person. Not in that I think that he's a sexual person, just everyone's having sex with him. But anyways, I know that we have differing thoughts on that. He do be getting it. He do He do be. Uh, but yeah, that's what I got for you guys. It didn't chart anywhere, uh, but still maintained its uh, pitchfork media notoriety. So uh, that's what I got for you. So Kelsey, take it away. All right, this episode was written by Gabrielle Stanton and Harry Worksman, directed by our good friend Jeff Melman. Oh, Melman. Uh, aired November 16th, 2006. Uh, 20.92 million views. And the Netflix synopsis... Oh, where has I lost it? The Netflix synopsis is on Netflix, guys, and uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking right at it. I just want to talk about it so much. Sometimes things are it's okay. less prepared. 
It's it's funny now that I could look directly <laughs> at you. Does, is the pressure on now that I'm in the room? It's like, oh my the, gosh. No? None? Uh, no, I feel more I feel more pressure from the listeners. Because I feel go. bad that they're listening to me go, uh... You just cost us 15 Patreon supporters. Oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, episode 8, Staring at the Sun. The O'Malley family visits George at the hospital. Mm. Meredith determines... To have more positive... Okay, so sorry. Meredith determines to have a more positive outlook on life. That's weird grammar. That's very weird grammar. I like am reading it over and over. No, Meredith determines. No, I'm saying that the correct would be Meredith is determined. Is determined, yes. That's how I would phrase it if I was in charge of this job. If you are a creative writing or English major, let us know if this is correct, if this can be correct grammar. Meredith determines to have a more positive outlook. Is that what it was? Yeah. I feel like it's correct. It's just like not what normal people say. If you know how this someone, how this job exists in Netflix, let me know because I have many, many questions, not only about Grey's, just about all of it. Yeah. And if you know someone at Netflix, uh, get them in touch with us because Netflix would, should really sponsor this segment of, uh, Grey's Academy. (laughs) Of the Netflix Synopsis segment. Yeah. The Netflix, the, the Netflix, <laughs> the Netflix synopsis today is brought to you by Netflix. Netflix. Imagine, what a world, what a dream world. Okay, so let's let's dive on in. The recap. The recap. George's family came exists. to visit. <laughs> came to visit George. Yeah, that was a weird <laughs> phrase. That's not what they did not come to visit George in the hospital. They are at the hospital where George works. Because George's dad is in peril. Okay, uh, yeah, so George's family, uh, Callie and George breaking up, Bailey and Christina having their battle. George sees Burke's hand, Richard and Ellis have a backstory, Meredith and Derek kissing and being together, whatever. Uh, Christina covering for Burke's hand, Adele telling Richard to retire, and George's dad is admitted to the hospital. Did I miss everything? It was a pretty hefty recap. That was a lot. Yeah, you, you got everything that I had. Um, the only thing that was differently worded, as I said, Bailey is pissed. And that was That's true. <laughs> she is. And she is allowed. She, I'll, oh, for I'll sure. allow it. <laughs> well, because it's Bailey. Um, and then, okay, so what in this recap was a giveaway for the plot? Ellis would be a part yeah. of it. Yeah, I feel I, like any time yeah. they put Ellis in the recap, we're like, oh, shit, Ellis. But we got her... Pretty early on in the episode. Yeah. Like, yeah. with it, before we even get to the, the title card, we get Ellis. Yeah, it's definitely not like a waiting for a bomb to drop. It's going to be a super fun surprise thing that she shows up out of nowhere. The only the only time that I think I've ever personally been surprised by an Ellis visit was when she was wheeled in on a gurney in a fit of rage. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. That was a good surprise visit. Mm. That was season one, right? Yes. Gosh, everything's two. blurring together now. We've been doing maybe this for was two. a long time. Almost a year. Oh, is this is this our one year anniversary? No, it was closer to the end of September because okay. that's when I we put it out when the um the season started back up and they start at the end of the month. So we should be we're coming in close to season nineteen, guys. Season nineteen. Of Grey's Anatomy airing on ABC is coming soon. That's we got this. Wild. We got this. We're going to be on season 19 in no we'll time. We'll be caught up so soon in eight years. <laughs> I I have to 
look away because our phone, my phone is now getting smarter than me. So it knows when I like Grey's Anatomy now. So I'm getting these random things that will pop up. Oh, no. And uh, someone had actually shared a Facebook post. I know exactly who it is. So if I wanted to go look at it right now, I could, but I won't. Uh, and it was just a picture of everyone in the hospital, but I don't know what season it was from. It was from. So as soon as I realized it was a Grey's post, I had to look away. I didn't recognize any faces. I have no <laughs> idea what's happening. Uh, but I didn't. I couldn't even like look at it long enough to pinpoint Meredith or Christina or yeah. George or Alex or any of them. So I looked away quickly enough. Good, so, good. I appreciate your self control. I'm trying. I'm really trying. I can't believe I've lived this long, spoiler free, into this show now. I also can't, but I'm happy for it. Yes. It's the whole premise. Of yes, it <laughs> is the whole point of this podcast. Yes. Okay. So um, we start the episode. Meredith and Derek are in the bath. Ugh, they're together because they kissed at the bar because Derek said, let's start over. And Meredith was like, okay, everything's perfect. She fine. didn't want to. She wanted to say no. And, and then, then Mark was there. If Mark wasn't there, I think she says no. Yeah, I don't understand how that tracks, though. I mean, I understand the portray. That's what they portray. I mean, in her thought process, I don't understand how it tracks. But they were getting it. They were, they were ready to smush booties right there in their bubble bath. He's yeah, he's macking on her hard, and she's she's trying to pump the brakes. She says she wants to take it slow. Because last time they started with sex and it ended poorly, so she's not gonna start with sex this time and see if it ends less poorly. How long, in the mind of a woman, is it that you go without sex to equate not starting with sex? Um, hard to say because I'm sure everyone's different. Um, I would say probably for Meredith, I don't know, like one, a month? One date? Oh. Maybe. I have truly no idea. Also, can I just tell you that I really want an episode where Finn just comes back and <laughs> is like, hey, just uh, just curious, you and Derek? Yeah? Okay. All right. Still good? Yep. Yep. Okay, okay. bye. Mm, all right. Thanks for your time. And this pops out. So appreciate it. Do you have a new dog? No? Okay, bye. Okay. Um, oh, and I could kill it for you. And Meredith says she wants to be bright and shiny now. Bright and shiny. Bright and shiny, which is not how anyone would previously have described her. So she's trying to turn over. She's starting fresh. She wants a fresh start. Also, if you're taking it slow, you don't get into a bubble bath together. That is fair. But some people do. They've already seen each other. If they were truly starting slow, I think I would agree more. But because they've already seen each other naked, I feel like it's less of a big deal. I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Stupid scene. Stupid, Meredith. Stupid, Derek. Stupid. Um, stupid energy. Um, okay. Meredith uh, visits Ellis. They, the nurses told her that Ellis has not been eating, so that's fun. Um, Ellis is not lucid currently. She is in a time frame of the befores where she is at peak surgery, surgicaling. She says that she's in the OR all day with no time she to coddle no Meredith. No time. She thinks Meredith is a child, even though Meredith is an adult. Um, she says she doesn't have time to coddle her. She doesn't want to be bothered. She's just not into it. And then Richard shows up and she is immediately thrilled. Literally jumps out of her chair. Uh, would be a bummer to me. Oh, yeah. If that if I was Meredith, would be a big fat bummer to be treated that way. 100%. Now, in Weber's defense, he's got his purple polo on, which means he's ready to bone. 
I didn't know that's what that meant. Thank yeah, you for letting me know. Look it up. Purple polo means ready to bone. Okay. That's why I have 20 purple Interesting. polos. Interesting. Uh, no, but I, how, how shitty would that be? Like you are literally taking time out of your day to visit your mom who doesn't even know that you're the age that you are. Yeah. And this guy who is the, the person who ruined her family. <laughs> yep. Whether or not Ellis chose that just jumps right up. Oh my gosh, Richard or Richard Weber. So good to see you. Yes. It's, um, it's a bummer to watch. It's a bummer to imagine being Meredith in that scenario. Um, and you know, Richard also he, so he came with snacks. He came prepared, which means he knew that she hadn't been eating. So he would have had to have been there previously been told by the nurses that she wasn't eating. And then on his next visit plan to bring her treats. That is how often he is there. That is how involved he is. Well, if we jump ahead to the scene, I don't want to get too far ahead, but he's like, he goes from work to visit her. Yes. That's all he does. Yes. So at that point, the implication is that he is visiting her daily, which is excessive for a woman you are not with. That is not your wife. Especially when your wife is literally coherent at home. Like she knows what's happening around her. Yes. And, you know. You married her, so... Right. And that whole thing. <laughs> Have some loyalty. God, Richard. So sick of your bullshit. Bring that purple polo over to Adele, damn it. God damn it, Richard! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Meredith is at the locker room, and she's like, I'm bright and shiny now. I'm not dark and twisty anymore. I'm a new person. Everything is better and great, and I'm happy. And everyone be so jealous of all of me and my joy and everyone's annoyed because that's annoying but also read the room like george's dad is oh, like oh yes i forget she like is doing all of this and they're all just sitting there being weird and meredith's like what happened and then they say that george's dad was um, admitted to the hospital which is that's definitely like a trope on on tv shows and movies where someone's like rambling about how great something is and they just have to sit there until the other person tells them their terrible news well it, it, there there seems to be a theme in this episode where all of the main characters ironically enough not alex i haven't seen alex do this a ton but every other main character in the show has been very self-absorbed at one point or another and we see meredith derek and addison do it in this episode alone Yes. But yes, I can't remember. A t- can true. you remember a time to this point? Maybe Alex does it later. I wouldn't know. But Alex really hasn't done like a whole self-loathing, self-obsessed kind of thing that I can remember up to season three, episode eight. I think that the reason we haven't seen this with Alex is because he doesn't necessarily have the established friendships with anyone else. Mm. So like when we see it with... Meredith and Christina kind of doing back and forths. George and Izzy doing back and forths. Um, in this scenario, Meredith's kind of just doing it to everyone. To the room. Um, but because uh, Alex doesn't have those established relationships with anyone, he doesn't have anyone to do his rambling to. That's To be fair. ignored. Yeah. Uh, that would be my guess as to why we haven't seen that. If okay. I had to put a put a reason to it. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, okay. So George's dad was admitted to the hospital. He passed out, and when he fell, he hurt his clavicle. Um, And since being in there, now he's complaining about abdominal pain, so they're going to have to figure out why he's having abdominal pain. 
Um, Bailey comes in and tells George he has to be on Scut because he's going to be distracted since his dad's there. And we saw the same thing when Meredith's mom was there. Yep. She's like, you yep. can be on yep. Scut yep. so that you're not distracted. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Christina is like, I have surgery with Burke. Big yawn, and it's not even it's 3 a.m. It's not even nighttime. It's just <laughs> simply the middle of the day. It's nap time is what it is. It is nap time. Uh, let's just go ahead and pause this episode and go take a nap. Yeah, check out our Patreon. We'll record taking a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Live, st- <laughs> Live stream our naps. It'll be very calming. And um, now you're falling asleep. And now you are asleep. <laughs> Mine won't sound like that because I sleep with the TV on. It'll sound like Gilmore Girls because that's nice. what I go take naps to. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, where am I? Okay, yeah, Bailey puts him on Scott. Christina says she has a surgery with Burke, and Bailey's like, oh, shocking. I, I'm i so surprised that you have a surgery with Burke. Ugh. Nobody saw this coming. So she's clearly um, still annoyed. Uh, For good reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bailey puts Alex on Sloan service and has Izzy shadow Alex. And then Meredith, I'm so sorry. The caffeine that I had is already wearing off. You want some of mine? It's riddled with sugar and cream. No, I hate coffee. <laughs> and also, yes, when I ordered yours, I was like, five pumps. Holy balls. Uh, a venti comes standard with six. That's so that is insane. a diet. That's diet coffee. That's too many pumps. No, it's not. It's the pumpkin. It's delicious. I'm the, not saying it's not delicious. I do four pumps of the white mocha. You have to do five pumps of the of So the much sugar. I cannot deal. Um, okay. Sorry. So Bailey sends Meredith down to the ER. And uh, oh, also, she seems like she's still annoyed with Izzy. Because she's like, let me remind you of the rules of your probation. And Alex says, I think she remembers the rules. And then she just starts going through the rules again. So that's fun. She's still annoyed. I don't know if that's Bailey being annoyed as much as that's Bailey just actively choosing to be a hard ass i think the delivery for me makes me think that she's still annoyed with izzy that's fair i don't disagree with you uh okay so where are we okay the addison and derek yes derek is being nice he comes in and he's like hello and addison's like what are you doing and he's like being nice and she's like that's suspicious that what why are you being nice he also says he's going to be bright and shiny. Dumb. Because um, I'm shiny. <laughs> beautiful. Um, he says that they're going to peacefully coexist since they have to work in the same place. Although and he did ask, did you, <laughs> did you decide to move back to New York? Yes. No? Okay. All right. Then coexist it is. And then also I wrote, Derek bothers me. So in case anyone was unclear, Derek bothers me. Yes. I find him bothersome. There was at one point... Multiple times where you, what, what, what you just Derek or God, I hate Derek so much. Yes. Which I say out loud multiple times, even when no one is watching it with me. So I feel very strong. So it was unironic when you said it, even with, uh, with yes, us I wasn't me. saying it for the benefit of anyone other than myself because yeah. I just get so annoyed that I can't keep it and I have to express it out loud, which is fair. I get that. Um, also Addison says that she's still wearing the wedding ring. She tells Derek that they're stuck and he's like, try soap. It's slippery. And I, that sounded like a weird sexual comment. And then he does this weird, dumb, stupid chuckle after it and then just leaves. Because he just got out of a soap tub with Meredith, which also poor, poor writing in this scene for the, the writers to not literally just put in a spot where Addison's like, 
So you and uh, Meredith must back, be back together then, huh? Yeah, that's true. It does seem like she would be like, why are you so happy? And he would be, and he would say, because I'm with the woman that I actually love, not you, even though I was pretending that I loved you. Yeah. But they did not put that in, which I did find interesting. They were actually, hi- they were both high-roading each other. Ah, uh, I see. That makes sense. That makes sense. What okay. is wrong I with you? I am sorry. <laughs> it is my nap time. Uh, it's actually, I can confirm. Do you usually take a nap when Scarlet naps? Yes. Yeah, that's this is this is the exact. She nap is time. currently napping right now, in school. Yeah, she's at school, but she is still napping. Um. Okay, and then it is really because I had caffeine, but it is now wearing off because I had it too long ago. Well, that's because you got a refresher, which is basically zero caffeine. I know, but I don't like coffee. So, <laughs> what else is the option? I don't Get drink soda. An either. energy drink. Those are so bad for you. Not a we Zola. can talk about it on Patreon. <laughs> energy drinks <laughs> will kill you. If you're a doctor, <laughs> let us know your thoughts on energy drinks, especially those zero sugar ones. Especially all you doctors who drink energy drinks. That's who Carmen really wants to hear from. Yes. Because <laughs> need he needs reaffirm- reaffirmation it's on true. his own opinions. Um, okay. So um, Callie is visiting George's dad and George is like, go away. Because George is annoying. Yes. Um, Bailey is has to do an endoscopy to see what the pain is for in um, Harold's abdomen. Harold is George's father's name, just to clarify for you. That was for Carmen, guys. I'm sure you guys already knew that. Yeah, I just held in a yawn and made a stupid face while doing it. Yeah, uh, it looked I was using context clues on that one, but that made sense. What, what, are the, what are his brother's names? Ronnie and Jerry. Yeah, I hate both of them. Yeah, it's... Just it's, FYI. It's an interesting family dynamic. Interesting bullshit family dynamic. Well, I liked the the way his dad explained it to him the last time we saw his dad during the Thanksgiving episode. When he was like... Because George says that Ronnie and Jerry treat him like he's stupid. And George's dad is like, no, bro. You treat them like they're stupid. They're just treating you like you're their brother and they like are giving you a hard time. You actually are very condescending constantly. Because George sucks. My thing is, I'm like, he just, there's no level of explanation when he's trying to like make them understand what's going on. He just, um, he just talks to them like they should already know all of this medical jargon. And when they ask questions, he immediately gets mad. Like that's not how he would talk. Like we've seen him be great with other patients. Um, and I'm sure this is something that would potentially happen, um, with like any family member, like you're going to act differently, uh, with them. Like it's so much easier to get annoyed with your family. You just like, don't have patience with your family that you would have, that you would exercise with people you're not related to. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's even the same with your, your spouse. Like I would be much more patient, patient with you guys. But if Jessica said the exact same thing, I'd be like, what the fuck? Why don't you already know what a stupid quote? Yeah. Like I think that's definitely something most people could agree with. Um, That's just kind of comes with spending all of your time with someone. You just get frustrated or annoyed with them quicker maybe than you would with the standard human being. So I think that's something we see for sure with George's family, because again, we have seen him be very patient and a great doctor with other patients. And he just like 
does not make that effort here. Like, kind of with his dad, but definitely not with his brothers at all. Right. Well, it doesn't help that they are... Annoying. Annoying, and they suck. Like, the one scene where uh, he was talking to his brothers, or they answer a question here in, in this scene, and they're like, I wasn't asking you, I was asking the doctor. And George is like, white coat. Yes. Like, just literally look at this white coat. I'm a yes. doctor. Yeah. So it's not... I, w- I think... I don't think that George is strong enough of an individual written the way he's written yeah. to say, oh, my brothers are being nice to me. I'll cut them some slack as much as if my brothers are cutting me some slack, it's because I deserve that, but I still get to be mean to them. Yeah. Because it makes him feel better. Yes. Granted, they are also mean to him. So I feel like it's just everyone's kind of doing their part to be annoying to everyone else. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, okay. So. Uh, oh, then we get um, Alex and Izzy go to Sloan and Alex uh, or Sloan says, is it bring a hot blonde to work day? No one told me. And Izzy goes, sexual harassment. <laughs> Finally, someone <laughs> says it. So she is the first person to call Mark out for the sexual harassment that we've seen. Um, and also Carmen and I both thought this was very funny. We laughed a lot and rewound it and watched it again. <laughs> yes. Cause it's funny. Also the scene right before where he's like, excellent. My invaluable intern. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like the thing is, is Mark is a dick, but stuff like that is funny. Yes. But like then also just, there has to be some laws against sending an intern to go get your dry cleaning. Because the hospital's literally paying these people hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. That has that, that doesn't make sense. But, uh, yeah, it, it was funny because I was like, I don't think anyone has brought up the word sexual harassment in the, all of these three seasons. No yeah. one has brought that Except up Except us. We've brought it up many times. Right. Well, it's mostly in the context of Derek and Meredith. Yes. And... I guess that one time that Alex posted pictures of Izzy around the entire hospital. Oh, yeah, that definitely was uh, bad. Should have been sexual harassment. That was super bad. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they just don't have HR at this hospital. Although Izzy said she had to go to HR to fill out paperwork. So I don't know what's going with where the shortcomings are. It's not the sexual harassment, the HR. It's it's just... It's uh, just onboarding HR. Onboarding and offboarding, and that's it. Um, okay. So... Sloan sends him to pick up his dry cleaning and get some lunch and just do general errands, be, be little slave babies. Um, then George is talking to Bailey and he's like, I want to be on my dad's case, which is stupid. Like, you know, she's not going to let you do that. They have a rule. I think they have a rule, but also isn't like just a general like medicine rule. It, sh- I be- it should be some sort of conflict of interest. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Bailey's like, can you just not? And she's like, why don't you just go pick someone? If you want an intern on it, I'll let you pick the intern that you want. Obviously, we know where this is going. So, Right to m- Izzy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was there any part of you that thought he would pick anyone else? No, no. It was Christina the whole way. Yes. Which is nice because I think you have a really good episode here where there's a mutual level of respect. Where George is like, hey, I think you're the best intern. And Christina's like, hey, he's the best intern. Yeah. Whether or not she means it, she says it. Yes. Um, okay. So obviously he picks Christina and he goes to tell her while she's in the surgery with Burke. 
and she is decannulating a heart, which I don't know what that means, but they say it's 600 times in this episode, so that is what she was doing. I'm going to look this up real quick. Decannulating okay. a heart. So he's like, oh my God, she's decannulating a heart by herself. And some other resident in there is like, I know, isn't that crazy? Um, so she's still, at this point, I think people just think that she's getting prefer- preferential treatment from Burke because they're boning. Um, now we, the audience know that's not the case. And George at this point definitely has suspicions that that's not the case. Um, so we'll see more on that later in the episode. Obviously. Did you find it yet? Yes. Okay. Um, so it doesn't really give me a time. It's going to take a lot more, uh, research to actually get the full description because it's saying, this means the removal the removal of cannulae from the right atrium and aorta, which is connected to the heart-lung machine after the bypass graft or open-heart procedure. So I don't know what a cannulae is, but you're removing it. I so know. you're decannulating. I have done that all the time. I did that this morning. Yes. I'm constantly decannulating hearts. I wonder I, if, if there's a website where I can see, like, surgeries ranked on a scale of one to a hundred just on difficulty. I need to know where this, this fits because That's an interesting thing. I imagine that this is something that is not common, especially for an intern, like, or else they wouldn't have said it a billion trillion times. Yeah. But anyways, apparently it's definitely it's um, a removal of something, a difficult, a more difficult level of procedure for sure. Well, anything heart related is going to be more difficult than like, yeah, most things. Heart and brain, pretty top notch stuff. Yeah, those are those are those are tricky. Um, you do need you do you do need both of those to live for sure for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so Meredith meets an ambulance at the ER. There's a five year old girl who was backed over by her mom's SUV. She has a head and abdominal injury. The someone is there and she's telling them her blood type, her um, all this different stuff about her, how old she is, how much she weighs, whatever. And Meredith's like, oh, don't worry, we'll take care of your daughter. And then the mom shows up and is like, I'm the mom. That's the nanny. And she ran over my kid with a car. Yikes. Bum, bum, so and then we get the title card at seven minutes and 50 seconds. So that's truly wild. Um, yeah. And also a big bummer. Yeah. For all parties involved. The, the, so the things that were immediately going through my head is, number one, unfortunately, this is not as common as you would hope, or this is more common than you would hope. Yes. Uh, just backing up over children and humans alike. Yeah. Uh, but that's why you have backup cameras now. It's and true. also, SUVs do have gigantic blind spots. And even Bailey was like, your SUV is a giant blind spot. Yeah. The whole thing is a blind spot. So, like, shut the fuck up, mom and dad. Yeah. Or whoever you are. Uh, the bummer is, is that it, when I was writing this, I was like, okay, well, where was the nanny going that the kid wasn't in the car? But I realized now that the nanny was home while the mom was home as well. Yeah, yeah. She says that the mom asked her to go get milk. And right. the mom was going to stay with the kid. Right. But the nanny left and the kid was so obsessed with the nanny and didn't care for the mom that she wanted to go with the nanny to get the milk. So she ran outside. And dive-bombed the exhaust I port guess of, the, of the SUV. So. Um, also, I'm like, why does this woman have an SUV? She clearly is never driving this kid around. Also, I mean, some people just want SUVs, which is fine. Yeah. But I, I guess now they're more they're more common for 
just single people as well. But yeah. I have to imagine back in 2006, that was more of a family car. Like yeah. if you have like a two, a two plus kid household needs an SUV. Yeah. A one kid. You don't think you got to think they're not going on family vacations. No, very clearly. Often, unless they're bringing Anna, the nanny. They probably are. Yeah. But they're also probably flying. They don't seem the type to be driving to no. a vacation. They'll have their driver pull around and take uh, them to the airport. Yes. My driver's here. Yes, Chauncey, my driver, please. What a yes. good name for a driver. Chauncey. Chauncey. Okay. So, yes. Yeah, so, the parents are arguing, and um, the mom is, like, uh, trying to blame the nanny. The dad is trying to blame the mom. Bailey, again, says... It's the car's fault. They have huge blind spots. Everyone shut the hell up. Um, so that's fun. Very good scene. Go, um, Bailey. Bailey's like, stop fighting. Uh, Derek takes the daughter to get a CT, and the mom tells the nanny to get the hell out. So that's fun. Uh, George is talking to Christina and she, about the surgery, and she's like, I didn't do it on my own. Burke helped me. And he's like, why are you being modest? It's weird. Like, just don't do that. And then he asks about Burke and no, no, sorry. He asked Burke if Christina can be the intern and Burke's like, yeah, absolutely. And Christina is like, no, we have surgeries scheduled today. And he's like, I'll push them. George's dad deserves the best. Um, so, and this is for the, in at this point, it's still just an endoscopy. So he's just having her do the endoscopy with the chief. And Christina goes, your dad better have something interesting wrong with him. And that's when George says, she's a sick person. She's a sick, horrible person. (laughs) So the thing that I do like about this scene, number one, is it seems like there's no ill will from Burke, which we could have been led to believe after last episode where Burke was basically like, George, like, shut the fuck up. Your standards are too high. Like, don't be a piece of shit. Also, don't ever go fishing with me ever again, Mm -hmm. unless I invite you again, (laughs) which I probably will, because you're still my boy, O'Malley. And... He didn't say that. Those were ad libbed. But the thing that is obviously showing in this episode to be the telltale sign is Christina's overcorrection of uh, being modest. Right. Yes. She's overcorrecting. She's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. It was fine. Exactly. Instead of being like, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, yeah, I'm fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Me, 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 me. Yeah. Clearly, that's George's red flag for her. Uh, But it is nice that Burke is like, yeah. Listen, that's what you're saying you want? You got it. Like, it's your yeah. dad. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that. But then the sick, you're a sick, <laughs> sick, horrible person. Yeah. Great line, George. Great kudos. Um. So then Alex and Izzy get back from Sloan's errands. And Addison's like, Mark, this is a teaching hospital. You cannot use these poor baby interns as your slaves. Like, you have to actually teach them. And he's like, oh, fine. So he takes You don't them. get my pickle anymore. So, oh, sexual harassment. So... Then, um, yeah, he takes them to a patient who he did pec implants for. Couldn't even tell. Could not so even tell. So that means it's a, a well-done surgery. No, no, but I mean, they just, they weren't even like, if so, if you're going to get a pec implant, go Chris Evans' pecs. Right. Don't get everyday average Joe pecs. Right, right. Well, I mean, but he's an everyday average Joe. He's average Frank. It fits better for him to have the natural pecs because the rest of him isn't like muscled out. <laughs> it would be, can imagine having no muscles and then just having pecs. It's like when you see those people that clearly only do like day or only do arm day and you're like, what is happening? Yeah. 
But you only Johnny did Bravo day. looking ass. Um, okay. So Alex and Izzy, they meet this patient. His name is Frank, and he speaks in the third person. And then uh, Sloan says something. And Izzy, oh, and Alex says, like, I assure you, Dr. Stevens, this is a very good doctor or something. So he has now stood up on two separate occasions because he said something to Bailey, and now he said something to Sloan as well, like on Izzy's behalf. Uh, so I just feel like that's worth noting that he did that. He loves her. Clearly. Um, He's a big fan of her pants area. George goes to Christina and is like, I saw something weird with Burke's hand. And Christina is immediately super defensive. She's like, why would you say that? It's not funny. And he's like, I'm not saying it was funny. I'm saying it was scary and weird. Like, Absolutely gaslights him. Yeah. Straight up. Truly. Um, so that's super fun. The, the uh, Mia is a little girl. She is like incessantly asking for the nanny. She's like, I don't want my mom and dad. I only want Anna Anna the nanny. She's, like, asking over and over, where's Anna? I want Anna. Where is Anna? And then um, the mom, like, doesn't want to go get the nanny because she's bitter. She um, needs to prove that she's a better mom than the nanny. Yes. Definitely correct. chip on the shoulder. Which I will say, this is probably my favorite under undertone for the episode. Yeah. Is it's very, and, and it gets, obviously, very palpable later because Bailey is, like, or I don't know, was it Diane or was it Bailey who was, like, I... My husband works and it's fine, or dad works and it's fine, but the second a mom works, yeah. a working mom, you have to do this, 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 and yeah. this. Yeah, it's uh, some bullshit, for yeah. sure. Really, really great undertones and a really great commentary uh, for the societal views on this episode. So kudos, Shondaland writers. Definitely. Um, George's family is doing their stupid pick-a-car game with Callie, and this is when George is like, takes her and is like, you don't need to... like talk to them whatever and she's like no i don't mind like they're really nice while well, well, she's like making jokes and he's like well you broke up with me so mm, and then just leaves like a punk bitch yeah he's a little baby 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 not in a good way yeah. um i do think that this clearly this episode shows callie a little bit more insight to why george is the way that he is yeah not that that is okay it just shows or it would be confusing if you were surrounded with those people and you're like, how are you the way that you are? Yes, that too. <laughs> um, okay. So um, Christina is helping the chief with the endoscopy. George is like watching from the little window thingy. Uh, and Meredith and Bailey are operating on the little girl. And this is when it's uncomfortable because Meredith is clearly speaking from a place of her experience where um, her mother was a very successful sorry i'm just rearranging so much her mother literally i'm, I'm, I'm trying looking. so hard not to fall asleep i have to like be moving i'm literally falling asleep right now i'm uh, so sorry this episode started with me facing directly towards kelsey yeah, and now no, i'm looking I at the back of her head away from carmen literally i'm so sorry but i just have to sit this way or i will fall asleep do you want me to turn the lights on in this room would that no. help too no okay. i have two children i can fall asleep with the lights on like that will not there's not much that will keep me awake anymore so i am just acting a fool so you're welcome thank um, you i put on this beautiful fuzzy jacket so it's you great. can share at it it's great um okay so what were we, oh right this is when meredith is she's speaking from her experience as the child of someone who was like had a very intense career 
Um, and I think, like, obviously, Bailey takes offense to what Meredith is saying. And I understand why, but I don't think Bailey understands to what extent Meredith was impacted by this as a child. Um, because, first of all, I think you could argue that Ellis did not want kids. Like, she probably had a kid because I don't know if they ever say this or this is just something I assume. Um Thatcher wanted a kid and like you just you know we they it was still of the time societally where it's like you get married and have kids and if you don't you're then, a failure then why even then, then people are like why did you even get married if you're right. not gonna have kids like right. you're so dumb and selfish which luckily we've definitely shifted away from and people who don't want kids shouldn't have kids and I think it's correct a, a very good level of self-awareness to know that you don't want kids and shouldn't have them because either you just don't want them or your lifestyle isn't conducive or whatever it may be because when people who don't want kids have them anyways, it, it hurts the kid more than it hurts anybody else. Like one million a kid percent. is going to yeah. know yeah. you and you can still love them and not want them. I think they would still know. Yeah. They're very intuitive. Um, the interesting thing about this scene too is I had to go back to my head and think who knew Sorry, two things. Number one, who knew Ellis's mental state, which they did know her mental state because of her coming in on the gurney. Right. But the second one is, is really only Weber has true insight to Ellis as as a a mother. Yeah, for sure. So, and and that's like, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners or, or Kelsey alike, I don't remember there being a conversation where Meredith really opens up about being kind of neglected or discarded or, or feeling that kind of way about her mom and her upbringing as a child to like the, the immediate friend group. Like I feel like maybe her and Alex had something like it. Was it, was it like that or was it her opening up and saying that my mom has dementia or, or Alzheimer's or whatever? It I is? think it was both. Okay. I don't remember. Cause I think it was when Alice was in the hospital and Alex was like, I would not be fine if this was my mom. And she was basically like, well, my mom hates me, so I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think I, I, I remember that scene. I don't remember the yeah. context, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. So that's the other thing we have to remember too, is it's, it's okay to understand Bailey being defensive. Yeah. And I think Meredith is also like, all right, I can't be upset at this. She took it. Th- she took something completely yeah. out of context, but like she doesn't know that I'm talking about me. Yeah, and not because her. Bailey's taking it at face value for what she's hearing from exactly. Meredith, and Meredith is again speaking from a more nuanced perspective of her own experience. Um, because I think you definitely can have both. Um, and. Yeah, I I see definitely where Bailey's coming from, but also because we, as the audience, know more about Meredith, we can see where Meredith is coming from as well. So, but it's still an awkward scene where Bailey's like, maybe just shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> it's good times. So George goes to talk to Dr. Burke, and he's like, wow, yeah, Christina, Christina DeCanley that heart. That was pretty cool. And Burke says, oh, yeah, she shows immense promise in cardiothoracic surgery. Basically, like, I'm I'm teaching her this because this is what she wants to do. Like, maybe she'll specialize in it and, and she'll have this background of working and doing all this stuff in the surgery. So that's fun. Um, excuse me, I've just burped. <clears throat> Excuse, excuse you. Excuse me, I have burped. Um, so then 
George is like, you know, if you can talk to me, like if anything was ever not okay, you could tell me like, is everything okay? And Burke's like, uh, gotta go tell your dad said, Hey, hope, hope he's okay. Um, so he's just being evasive and leaves. Uh, and then Addison goes to Derek and is like, so how nice are we being? Because I think we need to talk to the chief. I think he has, uh, is basically depressed about the whole Ella situation. He's depressed and distracted and we can, we know him, we know him and Adele together. I said, Ellis, I meant Adele. Um, we know him and Adele together and we can go to him and like be supportive friends and tell him that we're here for him and like give him support that he needs to kind of get through this um, time that he's going through in his marriage. So Derek's like, why are you nagging me? We're not married anymore. Don't tell me what to do. Why are you still wearing those rings? Take those (laughs) rings off. That's not your place. She can wear them as like, she can wear them until the day she dies. Uh, You gave them to her. Yeah. Yeah. And then you broke the promise that they came with. So she is allowed to do with them whatever the hell she wants. Do you disagree? I, I don't disagree on the wearing them until she dies. Do whatever you want. They're your rings. But I think Addison's the one who broke the promise. They both broke the promises. But she broke it first. Yes. But then she was like, I'm going to make this right. Which I think people do a lot in marriages. Yes. I'm not saying that Derek is in the right. I just think that the initial wrong we we saw was very clearly Addison. But I don't think you should be going... We are going to get divorced. Give me those rings back. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Although I might do that to Jessica. Or he's not even asking for the back, them back. I feel like it would almost be more acceptable if he was like, take them off and give them back. He's just like, take them off. Bitch, don't tell her what to do. Yeah. I At that point, who cares? It's not like... Although I did get some vibes throughout this episode that she maybe wants him back. There were a couple of fleeting glances that I thought... She's not ready to give up, even though she said she's giving up and the divorce is signed. So I don't really know if this is purposeful or if there is good chemistry. I don't know. I think it's a chemistry thing because um, Kate Walsh is just so great. Yeah. But I also think it's more of like she has definitely accepted that they're not together and like they're like not going to be together. But like 11 years, that's a long time. And I think the rings are just like the final nail in the coffin, quote unquote, to be like, it's really done. And I think... I feel like it's pretty common for people when they split up to either like immediately take them off or kind of wear them for a while and just kind of like basically be like, I'm not ready to like fully move forward with this. I mean, imagine wearing it. I mean, here's the thing. Also, you take yours off all the time. Not I like, even not think- in a way to like he's taking them off and like going out into the world no. and like macking on the girls like Carmen and and Jessica both like they, they don't sleep in their rings like nope. it bothers them. I didn't even bring it on this trip. Um that's wild to me i also i'm not i'm not wearing my italian horn either (gasps) because marlo pulled on it and one of the the chain links broke so it's not it still works but it's it's it scratches my neck so i have to buy a new chain wow i didn't even realize you weren't wearing that yeah that's crazy it's the only time i've ever taken it off in my life has been since it's been broken (gasps) and what about that bracelet what if she breaks that uh well this is unfortunate because this this isn't like you can just go fix the chain. I guess I don't know because this was also a gift. Everything that I have that's jewelry wise is, that a, I own is, is a gift. gift. Um, Except <laughs> this phone, which in two days it'll be obsolete. <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, so that's crazy. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a different perspective because, like, Michael and I, ne- and I never take ours off. And when I, I did take mine off during both pregnancies because I'm so afraid that that my fingers will, like, swell and it'll get stuck and they'll have to cut it off, which would break my heart. So I took it off early and then just, like, bought a little, just a band to wear that was, like, a couple size bigger um, just for <clears throat> safety reasons. Uh, but I hate not wearing mine. And so I think it's definitely just like a different mindset. Obviously, we see her in the first or second season, rather. She takes them off for surgery. and But she pins them on her little um, thing and then just puts them right back on after surgery. So I think it's more of just something that you wear every single day and just kind of accepting it and taking it off. It's It's just more of a piece of life that's changing with this big thing that's happening yeah if it was sense. easy signing the paper but now you're taking something off of your person yeah and that's a it's like a more permanent yeah like okay it is this way and i don't again i don't think she's regretting the decision i think it's just like a big step of it's a physical manifestation like a of moving on from this commitment yeah. into closure yes. yes exactly um and she just doesn't know what to do with it which we'll get into later um, so Izzy and Alex are ta- taking the bandages off of Frank's new pecs and he's all excited and he's like admiring them. And he's like, Izzy, what do you think? Uh, Frank needs a woman's perspective. Frank got the pecs for Frank's girlfriend. It's very, it's a lot. This man is a lot. And I truly don't understand how someone can do that with such commitment for all of time. Like it's one thing to do it as a bit for like a minute. This man just lives his life that way. Carmen thinks that we both should do this forever. Kelsey thinks it's amusing and entertaining as a bit. But Kelsey would be super annoyed if someone did this Mm. constantly at all times. Carmen sees validity in that. Carmen agrees and Carmen concedes. And Kelsey will now return to speaking normally. (laughs) And we are back. Here we go. Um, But yeah, it's just, I mean, it's funny again. It's funny in the amount that we see this man, but the reality of the situation, if that man really does that all the time, that's wild and truly so annoying. I Who can't could feel. physically be in a relationship with that kind of personality though? I don't know. Like there. Okay. So my number one right now, as we all know, is Alexandra Daddario. I think we've mentioned this a couple mm-hmm, of times. Mm-hmm. If I met Alexandra and she's like, Oh, hello. Uh, Alexandra is wondering what your name is. Alexandra is pleased to meet you. Alexandra hopes you have a wonderful day. Like I would be like, you're n- no, you're the ugliest person. You're ever. insane. Yeah. This is, I guess I, I shouldn't say you'd be ugly, but it would take you down a couple of notches yes. uh, on the ranking list. And that would displease me. Carmen would be displeased. Yes. I don't know if I could say the same for Zach Efron. And I that's might, fair. I might not give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's very fair. Um, but it's hard to say, you know. Who who knows? Zach uh, Efron, if you're listening to this. Please call me. Let us please know. Please call me. Please. Dear God, please. Um, so if you guys are Academy Pod at gmail.com. Give him all of my information. Um, okay, so Izzy is like, oh, well, they're fake. And, he, and Frank's like, well, they feel real. And she's like, well, they're fake. And he's like, well, why don't you feel it? So she feels it. And she's like, I don't know. It feels fake. So then he says, well, compare it to Alex's. So then we get this incredible moment where Izzy's feeling Frank's peck, feeling Alex's peck. And then Sloan walks in and is like, this is why I fucking hate interns. Obviously, he doesn't say that. But that's the implication. 
Um, and I told Carmen, I was like, this image lives rent free in my head. Like the one of her, like one hand on Alex and one hand on Frank. I don't know why I think about it. And it is hilarious. It just makes me giggle so much. And we had to pause it on that for <laughs> at least two minutes just to gaze and to laugh. It's just very funny. Um, it's good. It's a good comedic moment that they wrote in. It's not like too far fetched, but just enough of like a funny walk in and like what the hell is going on. Walk right back out moment. I love it. I love it a lot. Um, okay. So then um, Ma- Bailey and Meredith go to check on Mia, the little girl. Or no, sorry. They go to update Mia's mom about Mia's surgery. Like she's fine. She's in recovery. She's going to be waking up soon. We can take her. Um, but she's still asking for the nanny. And the mom's like, we fired the nanny. She's not, she hit my daughter with a car, which, okay. I understand this thought process of being the mom and being like, you hit my kid with a car. I will fire you. However, I don't think in this scenario, it's that simple. Like this child is clearly so bonded with this nanny. I think this woman was probably hired pretty early on. Um, if the mom really has this very high powered law career, she probably went back to work. I would say between six and eight weeks, Maybe six and eight hours. Maybe. Maybe she was working during labor. Um, hey, Diane, I know me. that you're still in labor, but uh, we need these court briefs on our desk by uh, 8 a.m. sharp. And this is when she says, like, um, oh, my husband blames me for this uh, or blames me for Mia being too attached to the nanny because I work all the time. Like, he's allowed to work and it's fine. But if I work, it's a problem. And, like, that's not really fair, um, which Carmen already already touched on and is very valid. Like it, there's definitely more of a stigma around a mom working really like in these high powered careers and, and sacrificing time with their kids than there is with a dad. And it's some bullshit because everyone is parents. Everyone it's is true. parenting equally or should be at least. Yeah. I also, I, I think I would consider myself lucky. Not that I would ever want this role because and not Jessica and I don't either, either of us want to like our dreams weren't to be stay at home parents, but I think that there's a world of which we both can acknowledge. I don't care if she, like if she was making a million dollars a year, there's no reason for me to work. I would stay home with the kids and vice versa. Uh, but that, Growing up, I did have a neighbor who was a stay-at-home dad because the wife was a doctor. And I was very fortunate to see that growing up because I don't think many people get to see stay-at-home dads at that age. Uh, and it was only two kids. It wasn't like a whole house of like six or seven kids. But yeah, it was two two kids and he was a stay-at-home dad. And I don't know what the strain on their relationship looked like. I would assume it's very similar to this to the opposite strain of what a stay at home mom experiences with a working father. But, uh, yeah. So whether you're a dad or a mom, stay at home and work if you can, like your kids deserve that kind of parental bond, but also don't let people shame you for wanting a, a sick dope career. Like do it. Yeah. People find the balance that works for their family. And I think that's what matters. And what doesn't matter is anyone else's opinion on it. Like any outsider, because 
even if you share a lot of your life with people, they still aren't going to be there for everything. They still aren't going to know every single thing about your life. So you just kind of have to be like, fuck you. I do what's right with, for my family. And like, yeah. we're making the choices that work for us and we're doing the best that we can do, which they say in this episode, like that's all anyone can do. Everyone does the best that they can do. And that's all you can ask. Um, and the mom even says like, I'm not great at the mom stuff, but I am good at my job. I mean, she says she's like, I love my daughter more than anything. Like, she's my world, but I'm not great at being a mom. I am great at my job. Um, and those two things can both be true. Yeah. Like, I love Jessica more than Marlo. But that doesn't mean that there are days where I'm a better father than I am a husband. And I think that that just shows. And I, there are days I'm, I'm a very good professional person but that doesn't mean that i want to be any less of a husband or any less of a father just it's whatever it is is easier and that's just not always the case it's whatever is easiest is not always what's best in some cases and some yeah some people it like comes very natural to them to like be a parent but maybe less it comes less easy to them to like be a partner right and vice versa and like you just work on the things and you again make the choices that work for your family and luckily we're getting more into a an era where people are able to do a lot of work from home, which is really great for family dynamics because even just like the time you lose in a commute really adds up. Um, and so it's nice for people not have to do that. And then also like you can pop out when you, and eat like lunch with your kids, which is great. Um, you know, and I think that's a really cool thing that we're moving towards. But also, we still have so far to go with maternity and paternity leave in this country. Preach. It's so dumb. For all of you people who are listening and don't live in the U.S., you probably have a way better child care like situations and um, like newborn fa- family leaves. Yeah. Um, here, typically for a mom, it's six weeks, which is insane because it takes so much longer, I think, for... Um, anyone to heal c-section or not and also like the bonding that happens with a kid is there's like it goes so far beyond that and also like for the first six weeks that baby's like doing nothing and then like at eight weeks is when they start like getting a personality and that's when you have to like go back to work that sucks that blows yeah um and then also there's like no standard for paternity leave in this country it's such garbage because a dads deserve to bond with their kids as well and be like parents deserve the support of their partners when they're when they're having a newborn um it's just crazy bonkers so i got two weeks of paternity leave but it wasn't even paternity leave it was just exhausting all of my pto yeah yeah. there was no guarantee because at that point i didn't have any fmla i didn't have anything like that and that's the other garbage thing if you use fmla to be able to spend time with your newborn child. It should it should be created leaves. Just like a standard care. Yeah. Standard um, benefit, I guess you would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know a lot of people in other countries, they're just set up so much better to, like, support families, like, transitioning into, like, new families and new babies and all that stuff. So mm, that's a soapbox for today. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Listen I, to our Patreon I, to hear more about our family leave uh, issues. I definitely agree that um, they they touch on this well um, because you're seeing both sides. Like this woman, I think the difference between this woman and Ellis is I don't think you would ever see Ellis being like apologetic in a way. I mean, I don't think she's really apologizing for having this career, but she is saying like she is aware of the impact it has. 
on her kid and on her family. And I don't think you would ever get Ellis seeing that. So I obviously think they're making the point of having Meredith be the one on this case. Um, because I think she kind of maybe is like waiting for the mom to pull an Ellis and be like, well, that's the kid's fault for getting run over by the car, which is probably what Ellis would say. Um, but clearly this mom does have, she does have a struggle, an internal struggle with this. And I definitely don't think that's something that we would ever be led to believe that Ellis had. I don't think she ever would have had a struggle right? between the career and the mom aspect. Well, that was the thing. She did have the struggle. She just chose. I mean, like the struggle of, um, wanting both. Yes. Got it. The struggle of feeling any, any level of guilt. I don't think she ever had that. I think she only had annoyance. Um, okay. So moving on, um, the interns are all hanging out down in the hallway, which we have not seen in a long long time. time. It was nice. It was a good moment. We enjoyed it muchly. Um, so they're hanging out talking. George tells Christina that he talked to Burke and she's like, why would you do that? Why would you talk to Burke? How dare you talk to Burke? And then he's like, Christina decannulated a heart all by herself. And she's being super weird about it. Everyone be on my side. Um, and Christina is still denying it. And then Alex and Izzy are talking in third person. And it's very funny. And there's like, maybe there's like a little bit of chemistry. A little bit of spark. Maybe there's a little yeah. bit, a little bit uh, chemistry sensing, sensing back, building back up here. Um, and then, oh yeah. Christina says, oh, what's wrong with you to Meredith? This morning you were all bright and shiny and asking to be kicked in the face, which is hilarious to me. Um, that that is how she feels about someone being happy. <laughs> um, I love You're that. happy. Kick me in the face, why don't you? Um, and so then, yeah, Alex and Izzy having the chemistry. Um, Meredith is like, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm not bright and shiny. Everything's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. I don't know. She falls right back out of it. Um, and then we get our fun Derek and Addison talking to Richard scene, which I loved because they're like, we think you're depressed. And Richard said, well, for the two of you to agree on something, I must be damn near suicidal, which is funny. I love that he can, he, he's such a well-written and acted character. Yes. Because when he's being kind and empathetic, it's like, wow, that's so profound. That's so nice. We love that Weber. Yeah. But when he's being sarcastic, it is like fresh and yeah. it is, he holds nothing back. He's got big like dad energy, like yes. dad, dad to everyone. Yes. Dad, like he knows he has a very established relationship with Derek and Addison. Um, and he can definitely play the, the work mentor, but also just like a general life mentor. And I love that they, um, they go back and forth on that dynamic. I like to see it a lot. Um, so he's like, Adele wants me to retire. And Derek's like, why would you retire? And Addison's like, so that he can spend more time with his wife, you dumb shit. Like, clearly this is like, obviously why our marriage fell apart. Like, you are so blind and stupid. Um, so they're immediately bickering about things. And Richard is talking in the background and he's like, I visit Ellis all the time. He just keeps talking and they keep fighting. And then he finally goes, can you stop helping me? I don't, it's, it's not helpful. <laughs> Please go away. Um, so self-absorbed by them. Yeah. And so then he says that he doesn't want his marriage to end. And they're both like, well, it doesn't have to unless you decide that it's over. Awkward because theirs is over, but it's fine. Um, so then Christina comes in and interrupts because he has the George's lab, dad's lab results. And like, obviously it's bad because of the way they cut the scene. So they go to tell George Still, they haven't said it yet, but like it's 
clearly bad news bears. Um, so then George and Christina go into George's dad's room and they're like, the chief's going to come in later. And Christina's like, no dude, like you need to, he wants to know now, like you need to fucking tell him what the hell was wrong with it. And George is like, I don't want to say like, I can't, there's my dad. And it's, it's like a rough scene. Um, and it's not that George is doing a bad job. It's obviously like an impossible thing to, to find out that your parent has cancer and then be the one that tells them like, no, thank you. Um, so he kind of starts to try and be like the, uh, the results were abnormal. And the dad's like, is that bad or just different? And he just kind of freezes and Christina steps up and he's like, and she's like, you have cancer in your esophagus. It has spread to your stomach. We are going to need to do surgery and radiation and chemo to, to address it. Um, it's rough. Very rough. But she doesn't, uh, but like not in, in a super harsh way in like, it's just like a statement of fact, like this is the situation. This is what we're going to have to do. Um, I didn't think, and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit because I was confused later on where George is like, can you just not be a robot for once in your life? And there's a lot of different storylines that are happening mm-hmm. that are George and Christina crossings. Yeah. There's him knowing about Burke, him choosing for uh, Christina to be the intern. Yes. For his dad. But there's also this connecting of the dots thing that's happening where yeah. he's like, Oh shit. So, you know, yeah. So, you know, too, and you're helping him. Yeah. And in, in this, in this moment, she's not being a robot. She's, she really isn't. She's being just like, it's like a support, like she's being a friend the best way she knows how to be, which is doing this thing that he can't do. Yeah. Which is deliver this news. And she's not like, got cancer, bye. Like she says it. She's like, unfortunately, you have cancer in your esophagus and it's spread to your stomach. We will be needing to do surgery for it. So. Yeah. There were a couple of things that I think George was treating Christina unfairly in this episode. Yeah. But George, it's another situation where he's like, you have too high standards. George like, is all over the place in this one. Oh, 100%. I mean, good God almighty, this boy is, I mean, clearly, again, he yes, he has too high standards, but he's also like processing this terrible thing that's happening to his family. So it's like a lot. Um, we will take a small break now for everyone's favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. Oh, I love it when it's live, guys. <laughs> it's just a whole other experience, right? It's like when you listen to the Taylor Swift album and then you see her in concert yes. and it's just like, yes. wow, my life has changed. There's pyrotechnics that were in the <laughs> it, background. That was incredible. Yes. I love the choreo was amazing. Yes. Um, okay. So we have three. Three. In okay. this episode. All right. Uh, what's the breakdown? They are all men. All men. Frank. No. Damn it. All right, I'm out. Who okay. are the three? Okay, so... I was really hoping I'd get, like, <laughs> while we're in person, I was hoping that I could finally do it. Um, uh. Okay, so I don't... I truly don't remember if I mentioned Ronnie in the last time that we saw George's brothers. I probably did, but I also might not have just knowing that they're, like, a reoccurring, like... Character, like characters that come back. So I did include them. I may have already done it. And if so, I apologize. But I also don't care because it's my podcast. And by mine, I mean ours. I'm and by this. ours, I mean mine. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So Tim Griffin is Ronnie O'Malley. And he is the like the darker haired one that doesn't have the dumb goatee. Not the blonde one. Right. Was the bl- 
I think you did the blonde one last no, time. No, he wasn't in anything. He wasn't? No. He I, he was in another show that was on, I want to say, TBS. I'm pretty sure he was on a TBS You know show. what? I'm remembering recognizing him and wondering yeah. where he was from. Yeah. You're right. Yes. Anyway, you hear that, everyone? Kelsey I was right. was right, as per always. So uh, Tim Griffin is in one episode of How to Get Away with Murder. Martin Yu, who uh, he was the resident... So when George goes in and he's like, he's letting her decannulate a heart. And the guy leans over. He's like, I know, right? Like that random person. Don't even remember that. So yeah, it was when George goes in at the beginning of the episode to like tell Christina that he's picking her as the intern. And he's like, oh my God, she's decannulating a heart. And literally this other resident is just standing there. He's like, I know, right? Crazy. Um, So that guy is named Martin Yu. And he was in one episode of Scandal. And he actually had like a... Like an actual part in the <laughs> episode of Scandal. Um, and then Paul Castle Cassell is John Hansen, so the dad of the little girl. He was in one episode of Private Practice. So. That was the only other one that I would have guessed. So those other two I would not have, yeah. I yeah, have guessed. Them. Yeah. No way you would have guessed that random guy that you don't even remember being in the episode. Yeah, I genuinely is do you, in your opinion, if you're an actor, is it better to have one one well-known role that you never get anything else ever again and not e- not even well-known like uh is it better to be a sydney in gray's anatomy or is it better to be a martin you in five different shows mm. in your opinion i feel like a sydney Cause because you're at least in that role at least you like have something to like dive into and like you actually have like um, layers you can play with and and different types of scenes that you're given yeah yeah that would be my choice got it rather than running around having one line in a bunch of different shows and like not really getting to do much but like, what if his claim work. to fame is i know right and then he's in a different shauna show and it's like i know right well at least in the other one i would hope he wasn't also masked because like in this like his face like his like his face is covered like it's just you know good you know what martin good for you you're still doing more than i am so but martin you doesn't have a podcast you have no way of knowing that i just googled it you didn't i'm looking right at you i can confirm she looked and i can confirm that i was not being forthright i didn't look i didn't lie it was part of the bit okay all right. Um, okay. So George and Izzy are in the stairwell. Um, Meredith comes in and George is like, oh, they're going to try and operate this week. He's clearly overwhelmed. Understandably so. Not saying that as a criticism um, because he's got his dad. He's got his brothers. Callie and Sloan is like still a thing he hasn't dealt with yet. And he's like, I just can't deal with all of this. And then clearly that was the first time that Izzy and Meredith were hearing about that because Izzy was like, well, (laughs) Meredith knew that Callie had slept with someone else, but she didn't know it was Sloan. Right. 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 So, and then Izzy's like, Callie slept with Sloan. What the fuck? And then George is like, what is wrong with you? And Meredith goes us with the boobs. We make a lot of bad decisions, which I'm like, um, don't speak for me. All of my decisions are flawless. At least all of your boobs' decisions are flawless. Well, they don't make many decisions. Jessica makes a lot of decisions with her boobs, and all of those decisions are correct. It's when she starts listening to her brain that she starts getting those wrong decisions. I see. I see. Yes. I see what your issue is. Most of her boob decisions are involving me, which are always correct. (laughs) Not your baby? The one that's kept alive by the boobs? Not 
No, those are good choices too. Okay, yeah, yeah, there yeah. we go. Um, okay, so Alex is with Frank, and he's asking about like relationships, and Frank is like, "Oh, is Doctor Stevens your?" girlfriend and alex makes a face and he's like oh whatever and frank picks up on the vibes and he's like oh well like just do whatever you got to do to win her back like don't wait around just like make a grand gesture like go get some fake pecs that's what i did and i'm obviously a genius yeah trust frank <laughs> trust frank, frank knows uh frank gets plastic surgery to get women's attention so for sure listen to me um uh derek has to operate on mia because she has bleeding in her brain from being hit by a car which is a bummer but they think that it's like going to be a doable situation, which is good. Um, Christina is with George's dad doing tests um, because they have to make sure that his heart is strong enough to go through this other surgery for the cancer. And clearly it's not because that's dramatic and it wouldn't be dramatic if it was fine. Yeah. A lot of faces made towards a computer. Yes. Yeah, so this is when though that George, George's dad tells Christina, he's like, George told me you're the best. And Christine's like, what are you talking about? He's like, she said, you're the best intern. Like you're really smart and really good. And like, you keep everyone on your toes. And he like learns a lot from you. And Christina's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, and then they call him over and they're like, Oh, look at this on the computer. Oh, bad news bears. Um, so then Christina has to tell George and George is like, why is Burke here? And he's like, well, because you, one of your aortic valves is like leaking or ruptured or something. So they have to like do a valve replacement before they can do the other surgery to make sure his heart can make it through the other surgery. Because it's like, a, it's like um, a lot of moving pieces at once, obviously. Like your heart needs to be able to support through a surgery. Otherwise, what's the point of the surgery? And like a big ass out. dual cancer yeah, radiation. For sure. Especially looking. if yeah, if you're then gonna go through cancer yeah. treatment, you also yeah. need to make sure your body is strong enough. Um so this is when George and Christina have a very hostile moment about Burke's hand. Cause um George is like, Well, if anyone's gonna cut into your dad's heart, like you want it to be Preston Burke, like he's the best. Burke can do it. It's just a valve replacement. Burke's fine, Burke can do it. And they just stare at each other. And then Christina goes to leave, and George is like, what's wrong with his hand? Oh. A lot of off-putting close-ups again. It's like, yes, the very close-up face cuts, and then Christina's like, he's fine. And George is like, he's not fine. Oh. And then they turn around, and Bailey's, here's this whole thing. And, and then Christina runs away. So it's like very dramatic, very dramatic moment. Everything is all at once. I was really hoping that this scene gets resolved in this episode. Alas, it does no. not. Because uh, Burke's but, hand is fine. Well, yeah. Um, the thing that... It's it's another common TV trope where there's conflict between two people and two other people's conflict brings that other person's conflict into view. Yes, yes. And they all... they're put, She's putting all the pieces together. Yeah. Bailey's figuring it out. Yeah, because George was like, something is wrong with Burke and you're helping him cover it up. And that's when Bailey was like, oh, shit. So maybe, Bear, maybe Burke does like me. It's Christina and there's a secret and something's happening. Uh, but anyways, yeah, it was a good scene and I did not... I, I, I think I audibly made a noise. I was yes, like, you did. <gasps> When, when I saw Bailey. they cut to, to reveal that Bailey was right there, he was like, oh, shit. So 
Good times. I said, pause the TV. I need it. Yeah, we had to pause the TV to take many, many a note at this moment. Um, There's lots of pausing. It's uh, it takes us a while to get through an episode, guys. It's not if the episode is 43 minutes, we're not finished in 43 minutes. It's like an hour and a half minimum. Yeah, it's um, we're thorough. We're just being thorough. We care a lot about the content. Um, so, so then it cuts away and, um, Meredith is in the chief's office and she's like, oh, you wanted to see me. Uh, and he's like, yeah, I got to talk to you about your mom. And she's like, oh, it's okay. Like that you visit. She really likes it. It's great that you visit her. And he's like, cool. I can't visit her anymore. (laughs) I'm breaking up with your mom and you need to tell her. Again. Again. Exactly. Yeah. I wrote, um, basically the same thing is happening a second time. Um, so, so then, yeah, he's like, I can't visit her anymore because I have to save my own marriage, which is the right decision in my opinion, in this scenario, like in this stage, like before, obviously we don't have all the information. Maybe it was the right decision. He obviously feels like he made the right decision because that was the decision that he made. So, but again, I think to me though, I'm like, okay, but are you going to retire? Because that's what she actually asked you to do. So what are, what are you going to do? You actually care enough about what Adele wants or not? Are you just going to make concessions other places? So you don't have to do the one singular thing that she asked you to do. So fun. those are my thoughts. And he says at one point where it's, it's super selfish. He's like, I just can't see it end like this. For oh, her yeah. He's like, I shit. hate to see it end like, like because of like how incredible her career was and like for it to basically just all kind of fall apart and there's nothing to be done about it. He's like, I hate that that's how like her legacy is coming down. And Meredith is like, yeah, also she was my mom, but thanks for breaking up with her again. And <laughs> Through making, me. Yeah. <laughs> Because then she, yeah, then she actually does it. Like, fuck. Stupid. We'll talk about that scene later. Okay, so Alex and Izzy go to take out Frank's tube. And Alex, like, lets Izzy do it. As, like, that's his grand gesture. And she's all, like, hype and it's so great. She's very excited about it. Um, But it cuts first to Derek operating on Mia. Bailey and Callie and Addison are watching. This is super fun. I love this dynamic. Great scene. The three of them. Addison and everyone, obviously, were big fans. Um. But this is great. Bailey's like, oh, did you ever want kids? And she's like, eh. And Callie's like, oh, I want a dozen. Like, I want so many kids. I just want, like, I love kids. It's so great. And they're going back and forth. And Bailey's like, we do the best we can. You know, like, it's hard to have both, but you can have both. And then Addison's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with these wedding rings? And Callie's like, I don't know, but, like, get them away from me. (laughs) Get your bad juju rings away from (laughs) Um, me. And then Bailey is, like, talking about being sad about missing things with her kid she's like i left for work and his favorite food was this and i get home after a shift and now he hates that and he has a new favorite food and like people just change so fast and addison's like yeah people we're always moving on and callie gets up and she's like i'm not ready to move on Ugh. okay I wonder runs what, to i george. wonder what that could mean yeah um so then george goes to christina and confronts her again this is when he's like you're a robot and i like that but like right now i need you to be a human being in my opinion this is in relation to the Burke in the covering up for Burke, because he's like, you need to understand that this is my dad. And if there is a reason that Burke shouldn't be operating on my dad, tell me like be a human being and give me all the information because I don't want something to happen to my dad. 
Like, don't be a robot about this one just to get your own surgery. Like, yeah, my dad deserves the best. And if that's no longer Burke, then you're going to have to tell me so that I can take care of it. That's a really that's a really great interpretation yeah. of that scene, because I I didn't quite get that far into it. I was thinking. Like how how she's treating the people around her. Yeah. Not as much in the context of I want I want the best for my dad, but if that's not Burke, like please do not let this di- like don't let the reason my dad dies be because of your silence. Yeah, and that's a really great. I didn't I didn't put those together until yeah. you had said that's a really great interpretation of that. That's and I again I might have the the benefit of the the rest of the storyline, but I that's how definitely I think he means it. No, um, I mean, in the context that makes sense. of this episode for sure. Um, so then we get the Alex and Izzy in the stairwell scene. She's like so excited. She's like, that was so great. Like, thank you so much. She's excited to be back and practicing medicine again. And she's like, Alex is awesome. Izzy loves Alex. Like is basically like, that's so great. Like Izzy is so happy that Alex let her do that. And Alex is like, Oh, Alex thinks Izzy is great too. All this stuff. And then he kisses her. And it's like a decent length kiss. And then she, she pulls she away. She kisses back, And too. then she's like, I can't. Yeah. So do you, what are you, why is it that you think that she says she can't at this point in time? I, I think it's, it's hard to, because uh, I think at this point it's been a little bit of time since the episode with Denny's dad. Right. And you've got this whole, the check is like sitting on the fridge still, whatever, all this money. She's, she's clearly processing it and getting over it. But every episode that goes on, you're getting farther away from the Denny incident. And in this episode, I don't think other than Bailey saying, do you remember your rules, your probation? No one really talked about Denny. Denny's name didn't even come up. Right. So I think that's hard to... That's where my head's at is she's still not over the whole Denny situation. And it's it's hard to kind of like take that out of your rearview mirror all of a sudden because this is what brings it back in. Yeah. It's a reminder that she has gone through this and she has to process it before she can just jump back. Correct. Because they definitely do have like palpable chemistry. 100%. And, and I still yeah. want them both to be happy. The yeah. thing that's that's frustrating though is – it goes back to some, and we're going to go back to being jerks a little bit here. How could you have this much feeling for some person that we don't really have an understanding of why you were so in love with this person? Yeah. So that's, I think the bummer is there's clearly been this up and down. Like you went on dates outside of the hospital with Alex. Like there was a lot of sexual chemistry and then you got mad at him and then fell in love with a guy who you killed. And now you can't kiss the guy who you felt like you could be with. And I don't know. The thing that I think is the biggest point to remember is like this, I think was the first any instance of, oh yeah, she went through this traumatic experience with Denny. Yeah. The potential of like moving on. Yes. That's what this is. It's like, is it, is it too soon? I I mean, I think clearly she thinks it is. I don't necessarily think that this is Alex specific. I think this would be with anybody. Like if anyone had moved made this kind of move, I think she would have had the same reaction of like, yeah, I haven't, I still haven't processed my fiance's death. And yeah, to your point again, I think it's more about an aspect of the writing of us just not like 
getting shown enough time to believe that there's this level. I mean, when they show Izzy and Denny, I'm like, okay, I believe like the way they acted, they acted so well. I'm like, yes, I believe you love each other, but I don't know why. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's my thing that I'm just like, we just didn't see that. Um, from like a timeline perspective, the, the them actually like falling in love and like being at this level of like crazy, absurd career ending obsession. So yeah, it's just weird. But um, yeah, that's, she says she can't, but she does say she's sorry, but she's like, I can't, I'm sorry. Um, okay. So Meredith is checking on Mia. She's still asking for Anna. The mom is like upset. She's did like, your iPad die? Yeah, I did. But okay. I was prepared. <laughs> I, saw, I, saw I like, the notes. kept watching it going down and I was like, I don't know where our charger is. So I'm just going to prepare I'm prepared. I had it pulled up on my phone. Um, so yeah, the mom is like trying to comfort her and she's like, no, I just want Anna. So the mom gets upset, which is valid. And she leaves and the dad's like, Oh, come back. Um, no, don't go. <laughs> oh no, don't go. But no, seriously, he's like, okay, well, that's a bummer. Um, and then we get George talking to his dad, and the dad's like, I don't understand. They said we need to do it soon. And George is like, yeah, 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 we do, but we need to do it right. Hmm. 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 What does this mean? Um, and his brothers are still, like, not fully accepting that anything is even wrong. So he's Maybe like... Maybe it's not cancer. Yeah, okay, well, let's not mock them. Maybe it's not cancer. I think this is probably, a, you know, it's like the five stages of grief. Yeah. D- uh, what, what, one of them is denial. Yes, for sure. So um, they're trying to like reason away like, well, this could be this. Maybe it's not cancer because like cancer is something that's supposed to run in your family and no one else in our family has cancer. So like maybe the tests are wrong. And this is another instance of George. Like you, George has the, f- the full range of ability to explain this to them in a way that they'll understand. But because it's his family and he can't separate the fact that it's his family and they're bothering him, he's like, you're not listening to me! And I'm like, whoa, guys, that's like, the nuts not just chill out. Like, they started up saying, they're like, don't talk doctor to us, like, speak English. And he's like, I am speaking English. Just um, because you're speaking English yeah. doesn't mean you're speaking English. Yeah, like, just... There was a time before you went to medical school that if someone said all that shit to you, you wouldn't know what it meant either. Just like have some empathy. My God, like how all the emotions you're feeling about your dad having cancer, they're also feeling, but they don't have the benefit of like understanding any medical aspect of it. anything. So like literally at all, have some compassion. Again, we've seen him be very great in these scenarios with other patients and he just doesn't have it at all with his family. Luckily for him, Callie shows up and is like a very great person. Yeah. She does a great car metaphor for them, like breaks it down and explains it to them in terms they can understand because she's been there with them. She's like relating to them. She's being a great, like the bedside manner is unmatched. Callie is great. George doesn't deserve her. (laughs) Okay. That's how I feel. But apparently she's back on team George. She's like, I need to make this right. I'm going to go to him. Yeah. I'm going to impress him with in front of his brothers. Yeah, it's super weird. Um, okay, so then luckily the parents have called the nanny back. Thank goodness. They've called back the nanny. She's with Mia. Mia is happy. But they're all there together, which I think is like the good compromise. I feel in some ways that this story is unresolved. But I kind of also feel like it would be unresolved because no one's going to like make that decision right then and there to like to be able to change everything about their entire life. Um, and their family dynamic. And imagine going like going back to work 
Yeah. And Anna having to like go back to say it like, Hey, try not to run over my kid today. Bing bong bong. Like, yeah. Uh, okay. And on the same page being like, all right, the nanny's here. I'm going to, I'm going to bail out of the hospital and go back to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, but I think you kind of have to separate your own insecurities and your own anger and be like, clearly this is what's best for my kid. Like it was an accident. Obviously this nanny like loves this girl just as much as she loves her. And as someone who has been like a live in nanny, like with a family, I can definitely say like the bond you have is truly like incredible and it's wonderful. Um, so I, I see where it's coming from. Like, I yeah. think the parents made the right decision and, and hopefully, you know, they can all move forward from this. And again, I don't, it sucks that the mom feels guilt. And it also sucks that the dad is one of the people that's guilting her. Like if you're going to make the decision as a family for her to work, then don't make her feel shitty about it. Yeah. The thing that I really like about this and I, and I wish they would have talked about it earlier on in the episode is the, the idea of emotional support playing into like the healing yeah. process. Yeah. So like maybe Anna doesn't, or Mia doesn't have to go back under the surgery again. Mm-hmm. If Anna was there the first time, Yeah. because the true. body heals itself a little bit with those emotions. She's like things. less in less emotional distress. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yes. For sure. Believable. Um, okay. So uh, then we get Meredith visiting Alice. This is a scene where Meredith has to break up with Ellis for Richard. Uncomfortable. So weird. To say the least. Yes. So, this is now the second time that Ellis has gone through this. Um, Do you think she remembers? I I don't know. Or do you think to her that this is the first time? I think... I don't know. That's a good question. I think... I just thought of this. Yeah, I think uh, because of the way she reacted when we saw Richard at the beginning... Um, this is basically, she's going through it again, but she doesn't remember going through it the first time. But she also isn't surprised because she's like, oh, he's going to stay with that, like Adele. So I think there's a part of her that maybe always thought that he maybe wouldn't leave Adele the way that she leaves Thatcher. And then what's really sad is when she's like, now I have to raise my daughter alone. And I'm like, yikes on bikes. Well, then she also said he's too afraid to be happy. Yeah. Which is deep in itself, but also look in the mirror, Ellis. Do you Mm. think you're happy right now? Yeah. But it also gives some good insight because there is some sense of duty to raising Meredith, at least. And then it's like, okay, so what you're saying is if maybe if Richard had left Adele and been with Ellis, Ellis would have still been this crazy powerful surgeon, but maybe wouldn't have been as miserable in her home life because of how much she hates her partner. So now she has a partner that she doesn't hate that she loves. Maybe she's a way better mom. Maybe. Who knows? You know, we'll, and if the we'll I- never know if the idea of having a kid's true of having children truly was Thatcher's, you got to think that there is also resentment towards me- Meredith. Yeah. But if that was the case, why wouldn't, she just let Thatcher take Meredith. Yeah, that's always a question I've had with this show, truly, and I feel like it never gets answered. Okay. Well, that's um, good to know. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, when we first see Thatcher, she's like, why didn't you fight for us? So I'm like, okay, maybe he just was like, got sick of it and left. I don't know. Because we we they say also, like in the early seasons, Richard says something about Meredith always being at the hospital, like running around playing with the dolls. 
So I don't know. It's weird. It's definitely, definitely a weird dynamic. Um, and then she says, you did your best. Yeah. She's Which, like, it's all any one of us. It's all any of us can do. We just do what we can do. Now I'm not, you've the, you've the benefit of hindsight. Mm-hmm. In my head, it seems like that is the forgiveness. That is the closure that Meredith needed to give to herself to move on. You've done your best. Yeah. And that's it. Whatever else happens, it's just you. Yeah. I feel like we go up and down with Meredith's level of acceptance and moving on from her childhood trauma. Because like we have things like this where I'm like, oh, okay. Like she is accepting it. This is, she's got closure. She's like, it's fine. Everything's fine. And then everything else we've seen, you're like, okay, she's still wildly damaged from this situation. Yeah. Could benefit from some therapy. Uh, Yes. Correct. As most of us could. Um, Okay. So then um, Christina is with George's dad and like, he's like, oh, I, I have to tell my wife. I don't know how to tell her this. Like we've been married for 40 years and now I have to tell her that like I'm dying um she's always telling me to to eat better and all this stuff and he's just kind of like going on and and christina goes to leave and she just turns around and she's like george is the best like you said that george said i'm the best intern but george is the best intern like he's a good doctor he's compassionate and like i just want you to know no matter what that you have raised a good person which is interesting because especially right now like christina is probably pretty conflicted with her feelings at george because she's annoyed that he's picking up on the burke thing and like pushing it and like pushing back on her but she also knows that, like, it is his dad. So, like, he kind of has the right to do that at this point in time. But I think it's nice because, again, the two of them, it's not like it's George and Izzy who are this, like, best friends. Like, Christina and George don't have this great dynamic. Like, theirs is very, I think their respect for each other is definitely on more of a medical basis. So for her to take the time out to be like, you raised a good person, and I want you to know that. Um, I think that really speaks a lot to their respect for each other going beyond it, even though they're not necessarily like BFFs, they still can, can see the best in each other. So it's a nice moment in my opinion. No, it was really nice. I I really appreciate her saying that. And whether or not the robot comment was about what you had said Mm -hmm. with like, Hey, I need to know if Burke is okay before it's too late. It was still a good byproduct of that conversation. Yeah. So yeah. really, and also great acting, really just mm-hmm. gr- great, genuine feel in that moment. Good yeah. job, Sandra. Love it. Love her. She's the best. Um, so Alex is at Joe's and Izzy shows up and she's like, I didn't know you still felt that way. And he's like, yeah, I didn't either, but here we are. Um, then they have a nice moment and they actually move past it pretty easily. It's pretty nice. Or so we think. I mean, we, we do think that <laughs> right now. I don't. As of, okay, well, we'll let, we'll finish this out and then you can tell me what you think. Um, Bailey is on the phone with her husband and she's like, wake up the baby because she just had to spend a whole day like watching like with a kid who doesn't get a lot of time with her parents and also was very injured. So I definitely understand wanting to like make sure your kid's okay. Um, so then she sings to him over the phone and the rest of the, the episode, all the scenes are underscored with her singing. There's no music. It's literally just her singing, which is really, I think, a I think it's pretty powerful. I think she does. She does a good job. Um, Addison is throw throws her wedding rings off the ferry, which Carmen did not care for because uh, he would have sold them for money. Yes, just don't. That's you gotta imagine those were nice rings. Yeah, but again, it goes back to 
you know, Callie was like, that's bad juju. Yeah. Bury him or burn him, but don't sell him. Yeah. But uh, throwing away rings like that. You just hand, pass them down. To who? I don't know. Nieces? Something? Godchildren? <laughs> Give them as a gift to that one couple with the lady with no boobs. Uh, mm, yes. Um. So then... Uh, Burke and Christina are in bed and it's like zooming in and she just goes, George knows. And Burke looks over and then that cuts away. It's like very dramatic. We're being found out. Bum, bum, bum. Um, Meredith and Derek are in the tub again. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Meredith says, I don't know if I'm cut out to be bright and shiny. And Derek says, that's all right. We'll just be dull and lifeless, <laughs> which actually is pretty funny, even though I hate him. Do you think they're sticking to their no sex pack because they're back naked again? I think yes. I think at this point they have not had sex. Okay. Um, ba- then it cuts back to Bailey singing. In and the she's a great ends. singer. She is. And really then appreciated that. The, uh, the episode ends. So let's rank this shit. Let's do it. Also, is this the longest episode we've ever done? Is I don't it know. Be- is it? It's uh-huh. one hour and 40 minutes. Oh, it might be. <laughs> No, it's not. Yes, it is. Literally, I'm looking at it right now. It's an hour and 40 minutes. No. Um, anyways, okay, so I'm giving this episode a, and if this is your first time listening, we do this on a one to five scale. We do med student, intern, resident, fellow attending. I'm giving this episode a resident point five, three point five. Yeah, I think it's just a resident for me. There's some really good stuff, but I'm also like, it's just fine. It's just fine. It's definitely, I think, setting stuff up because, like, with the whole, especially with, like, the Burke and Christina and George thing. And then George dad, George's dad is still there. And then also we see this stuff happening with Richard and Ellis. So, like, and, like, obviously now Meredith and Derek are, like, back together or whatever. They're just um, bathing each other. So. Or they're sitting in each other's yeah. dirt water in so, the tub. So, yeah, we get, a, it's, like, setting up a lot of stuff. And it's doing it, it's doing a fine job setting stuff up. It's just, like, this wasn't, like, where the meat of like all of these storylines lies. It's really just yeah. like building, building it's, it's, um, it's coming down the pipeline clearly. Yeah. So the for me, it's, it's a three, but like the acting in it is great for you, for sure. Like we get a lot of really good scenes again. Um, especially the whole George and Christina dynamic is, is good. And like the Bailey kind of trying to put, put everything together. Um, but yeah, for me, it's a three. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be like, man, I really need to watch that episode. I love it so much. Yeah. The the best part about, so the pros, obviously, like you said, the George and Christina dynamic and George finding out. And yeah, I think it also, it the, what bumped it up to a 0.5 for me, because it was sitting at a solid resident, solid three for a long time while watching this episode. That last scene where it's just like George knows does create a lot of suspense because yeah. now I, an official prediction. Mm-hmm. Burke is going to try to take the eyes off of him by bringing George into more surgeries. Okay. Not only Christina. Okay. But it doesn't matter because his hand is fine. His hand is fine, guys. Yes. Um, and then official prediction, George and Callie are still not going to get back together. But I think they're both really going to think about it. They're going to think about it. They're really going to think about it. I think they're going to contemplate it. Maybe there's a kiss, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a no. Okay. Uh, Alex and Izzy prediction. Um, Something will happen 
And they will have sex one more time, but they will not end up together. Okay. Um, That's before the end of season three. They will have sex before the end of season three. Okay. Um, Meredith and Derek prediction. They're going to have sex by episode mm-hmm. 10 of this season. Okay, so within so the next two, two, episodes, two episodes. Yeah, okay. they're going to have sex. Okay. I think that's, I think that's all of the important And I feel lines. good with those predictions. I feel like they're very, no, none of them are over the top. That's true. They're not. I agree. None of them are Thatcher riding in on a horse and like punching Richard in the face. <laughs> I always forget that I said that. Uh, so yeah, you stupid. say a lot of shit. Okay. Um, that's good. Okay. So we ranked it. We predicted some stuff. So yeah, I think we're good. Um, thank you guys so much for listening again. Check out the description in this for our Patreon or check the um, link in our bio on Instagram at Gray's Academy pod if you have ideas you want to see on Patreon, you can email us at Gray's Academy Pod or message us on Instagram. We really appreciate you guys listening. If you do have a moment to leave a review or a rating um, or to share us, please, with your friends, family, anyone you see out in the world who you maybe think uh, likes Gray's, we would really appreciate that as well. Um, thank you so much for all the support and listening. And remember, if you see me on the street, whether it's in Chicago or Chattanooga, Tennessee, Do not spoil it. Just don't. Just don't do it. We appreciate it. We appreciate you. And we will see you all in the next one.